Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Less Doing podcast. My name is Felix Bird, and I am going to be producing this podcast. And here is your host, Ari Mizell. Thanks, Felix. So, everybody, Aaron was with us for a few episodes, and he was an awesome co-host, but his own blog and his own podcast have required much more time of him than he thought. So, he's not going to be working with me anymore and we're going to be linking to him because he puts out some really awesome stuff so that was a lot of fun but what it did was it sort of put this podcast on a path i think to a much better place and i am very excited now that felix who is my brother-in-law is going to be doing the show with me so felix is a film and tv composer so he definitely has the audio stuff down and we talk about this stuff all the time anyway right that's right. We we talk about it the whole time, so I figured, why don't we just um, why don't we just record it, and then yeah. we can actually talk about it properly and uh, and enjoy ourselves. Exactly. And Felix and I get to see each other in person, so we 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 have that aspect of it as well in terms of when we come up with new topics and things. So uh, I'm very excited about this. And also, Felix is going to be taking more of a producer role, so he's going to be helping field more questions and getting more guests on the show. So we are really taking things to the next level, and you're going to see that less doing is going to the next level in a lot of ways as well in this podcast. So... First of all, why don't we just start off actually with any questions that we got this week on Facebook or whatever. Okay, so um, we got a question from Sylvan F. Um, should I go ahead and read that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Sylvan F writes, Sometimes when I travel, I get dry patches on my face and they can last for a couple of days. What do you recommend as a quick fix for minor skin irritations like that? Okay, so that's... That's a good one. Uh, I, I actually, I like these kind of like strict health questions. So minor skin irritations. I actually get that quite a bit myself. Uh, you know, air travel is just so drying that it's, it's really tough. And, and, you know, the basis to like healthy skin obviously would be a good diet. That's, that's pretty much the, the quick and dirty answer. But the truth is, is even if you have a good diet and you're traveling, it's stressful, the air in the plane is very dry, it probably will cause some sort of either dryness or redness or irritation or something that's unsightly. And I actually had to deal with this last uh, two weeks ago when I went traveling to San Francisco and Orlando in those 48-hour period. Um, I actually, under my left eye, I tend to get a little bit of just redness sometimes when I travel. And you could use all sorts of creams. You could do whatever. I mean, there's all sorts of methods, but I actually have one sort of really good recommendation, I think, that works really well, which is sugar scrubs. <laughs> so guys can benefit from all of the wonderful uh, beauty tips and products that women use sometimes. And a sugar scrub particularly is really helpful. So I, you know, you can buy all sorts of sugar scrubs, and, and when you do that, you want to make sure that you get one that doesn't have any dyes in it or any ingredients that are you know nasty or any chemicals. But you can make a very basic sugar scrub, which is actually what I did at the hotel that I was at in San Francisco. So to make the most basic sugar scrub possible would be sugar and olive oil, um, wow. oddly enough. So if if you want to take it a little bit further than that, then you might do like an essential oil, like a lavender or a uh, eucalyptus maybe or something like that just to make it smell nice. Man, you should just do your own like aromatherapy special <laughs> skin rubbing podcast on its own, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, it's a skin rubbing podcast. That's part of our announcement. Um, and so the reason that sugar works so well is that it melts at, basically it'll melt at body temperature. If you use white sugar, it's very coarse and I actually like that, but it's a little hard to yeah, use. Yeah, you have to use the right kind of sugar. Is that right? Right, exactly. So yeah. brown sugar... Yeah, brown sugar is a uh, a larger or a smaller. I think it's a smaller uh, brown sugar is a smaller uh, granule, so it actually breaks up more easily. And you can use that on your body, you can use it on your face. A lot of people won't use white sugar scrubs on their face because it's just kind of intense. But I actually I like it for that. Uh, the reason that it's so so it works so well is that first of all, sugar is a is a humectant, so it actually it'll pull moisture from the environment into the skin which is really great. But it's also a really good source of alpha hydroxy acid or AHA, which uh, breaks sort of the bonds in skin cells. And okay. basically it helps skin sort of die, the cells die and sort of turn themselves over uh, oh, okay. much more quickly. And it's also an exfoliant because it's so rough. So I actually have had these situations where I have that red patch show up or something and I can do a sugar scrub and it's literally gone right away and then it just stays nice and smooth and it's just a really good 
feeling kind of. Now, now why, why wouldn't you just get like a normal moisturizing cream or something like that? Did you try that and it didn't work or something? Or? So the thing with moisturizing creams, first of all, most moisturizing creams that you can buy have some sort of chemical in them, either parabens or something. There's something unnatural. And just as with using androgynous hormones, mm-hmm. you can actually make your body's ability to moisturize itself lessened. You know, so oh, really? yeah, because the body tries to conserve energy, really. So if you're trying, if you're putting moisturizer on your skin, which by the way, a lot of moisturizers don't even actually get absorbed into the skin; just they just sort of sit on top, yeah, because of the way they sort of denature. If you do that frequently, and actually the same thing with chapstick over and over, but it'll basically make your body say to itself like, "Oh, okay, I don't have to worry about this spot anymore because it's uh, right. being taken care of." So you actually yeah. will, like downregulate your ability to uh, moisturize your skin on itself. So. But you put sugar on it and it goes, mmm. Exactly. And it pulls in that moisture and it actually gets in there and it takes off the dead skin, which in some cases can prevent the moisturizer from getting to where you need it the most. And it'll work really well. So uh, you can also do it technically with a salt scrub, but the salt scrub is not going to have the moisturizing effect. And I, I don't believe that uh, salt has uh, glycolic acid in it. So it's just going to basically... Who's going to want to use salt when you can use sugar? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and again, this is something you can do at home. You can do this while you're traveling. It's pretty easy. So it, it's sugar and olive oil. And then if you're going to make it at home, I would add some sort of scent. I actually think vanilla is really nice. And, or you could also put a little honey in it. So okay. there, there's that too. Nice. So uh, oh, let's, let, let's talk about some links from this week. What uh, Did you see the beer mile? Oh, man, I've got to ask you, what is this beer mile thing all about? you got to tell me. Okay, so this is not something I think I would normally post but because it's not exactly a healthy thing, but it is kind of amazing in terms of like human performance. So <laughs> the beer mile is like a really well-established thing. There's rules and there's regulations. And basically what you're doing is you're on a track, you're running four laps, and at the end of each lap – or in between each lap, before rather, the end, isn't it? Yeah, you chug a beer. Yeah. So I just want to stop. Do they stop and chug a beer, or do they do it? It's up to them. Chug, chug well. It's I guess they them. probably I try think, and chug actually, while running. You know what? Yeah? That's a good point. I'd have to check the official rules of the beer mile, but yeah. I think that they stop. I think they stop. So first of all, I don't know about you, but if I had to chug a beer, it would probably take me a full minute to like chug a beer. You're probably well, be- I, I noticed that it has to be from like a certain can. You can't just like down a pint of beer because, you know, you know, I've had my fair share of, um, you know, downing beer from a glass. And I have to say, it's something I was surprisingly good at. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's well, another but try though. doing that while running a mile. Um, well, quite. So um, what's so amazing <laughs> is that the uh, the record was just set at 457. Wasn't it? Yeah. If you think the four-minute mile running is just a minute more than that without chugging any beer. I mean, it's <clears> awful. <throat> like, I don't know what happened to the guy after. Um, I think he was Australian, a, right? What? I think he's Australian, right? Yes. Yes, he was yeah. actually. And just running yeah. a, a sub-five-minute mile is already insane. So good for I them. I think it's part of their graduation process in Australia from high school. So you have to actually <laughs> yeah. at least get through the, the beer mile in uh, in under five or 10 minutes, yeah. Practicing the beer mile. Uh, actually, so that reminds me, I, I, I wanted to tell everybody, I think that this might be something fun to put on the podcast in general too, is our workout. Oh, yeah. So uh, once a week, well, actually now starting twice a week, Felix and I and a couple other friends get together here in the lab, in the less doing lab that you see behind <coughs> me, and we work out. Uh, and originally I was doing it sort of based on seal fit, but now depending on the number of people we have and, and how much time we have, I, I sort of come up with something. So... Um, I'd like to interrupt that. Um, Ari gets us in his lab once a week and enjoys inflicting serious pain on us whilst he absolutely beats the hell out of us and um, does the same workout in about half the time. But yes, it's all very good for us and it's very fun. It's great fun. Well, thank you. Showing some results. (laughs) Very impressive, actually. It's, uh, it's, everything is a teachable moment, right? So, so what did we, this week was really cool. I thought what we came up with. So basically we started off with what I was calling push up tug of war. So I had you guys get, you know, in a push up position across from each other and grab like in a handshake position and try to pull towards each other. That was fun. That was good. I think we should do that every week, actually. Well, so I thought that was, yeah, I actually agree with you. I think that was a really well, good way to sort of warm up think, and, yeah. and it's sort of, you know, good matching people's strength or whatnot. 
Then the workout itself, we did some squatting. I'm big, big on back squatting. And actually that, I'm going to take a little tangent here. So there is an article by a guy named Dwayne Daniel, I think. And he writes for Health, uh, Men's Health. And there, actually, I think we have a link to one of his articles this week. But there was just an article in the paper in the New York Times this Sunday that he was writing how he had tried for so long to get fit. And he had tried Insanity and P90X and all these trendy things and went to these trainers who put him on these fancy devices. And what worked for him in the end was uh, Mark Ripito's starting strength, which is basically squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting. Yeah, um, and it's three workouts do, do, a week. Do most people know what squatting is? Because if I were tuning in, I would have no idea. You know, that's so. That's a good point. So, uh, well, you learned it with me. So, why don't you describe it? Yeah. Well, so what what you do is there's like a what's the name of that um, barbell? The, bar, the, the barbell. You know, like a full size barbell. Um, that I guess you know your typical bench press barbell. Um, and what you do is you sta- uh, Ari has it on a stand in his. Um, in his gym and so it's about shoulder high and you go under um and you put the barbell on your back and um and you hold it sort of on the back of your shoulders and you go down and you do a squat all the way until your knees are horizontal with the with the floor and for uh, your thighs are horizontal with the floor and you push it up and that's that's a squat i didn't know that before but obviously you want to do this at a you know you might want to do a little legal waiver here. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, well, yeah, I definitely say if you're going to do it, try it without weight first. <laughs> Don't do it by my instruction just there. <laughs> try it without weight first, basically. Mm. Uh, but otherwise... It's, it's incredibly uncomfortable, but you get, you get there, you know? It gets yeah, easy. and so, you know, you're working the biggest muscles in your body. I've written... I actually wrote an article to the Daily Beast, which which we'll link to in the show notes uh, about the different kinds of squats you can do, sort of variations on the squat. But the squat is so great. It's just, it produces such amazing results and it's something that most people don't do, they don't like doing. And, and uh, I really love the squat. But again, this guy wrote about how he doing squats, deadlifts, and bench press. And the starting strength program is three workouts a week, uh, basically. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing mm. how he said, you know, fitness shouldn't be complicated basically. So anyway, so we did squats and then we went on to a workout that I did, which is, that I came up with, which is based on Calsu from CrossFit. So in Calsu, you have to do uh, 100, 135 pound thrusters, and every minute you have to stop and do three burpees. So what we did was 100 burpees, and every minute you had to stop and do three thrusters with how much weight did we have? 40, 45 pounds, right? 45 pounds, yeah. 45 pound plate. So what's nasty about this workout is that. Well, they. Yeah, two of the bigger guys had 50-pound ones, but I mean, big difference. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> at the end it does. Uh, yeah. So what's nasty about that workout is that you want, you know, like the first minute I think I did 25 burpees, and then every minute after that I was doing like six or seven. And and when you get down to those last 20, you're in this rush because you don't want to keep doing more thrusters every minute. And the thing is, is you can take that minute and rest, but you have to stop and do thrusters anyway. Yeah, the thrusters really kill you at the end. I mean, you're taking 30 seconds, it's basically taking 30 seconds out of the routine at the end of it. I mean, it was brutal. Exactly. Um, and then we ended with, again, what I thought was really fun is we, the five of us stood in a circle and took a 20-pound medicine ball and just launched it at each other for like 10 minutes. That was great. Yeah, I wasn't so keen on that, but it was fun. You got into it. You, you looked like, you you know. Well, I, me being by far being, I'm like, you know, five barely 5'11 and 140 pounds when you throw that through that at me it was like having my head banged against the wall it's like you almost knocked me off my feet every time let alone johnny throwing it from the the far corner god yeah yeah and, and it, was also, good. So, it was a good way to warm down it so johnny good. is the other brit yeah. in the group and he was a rugby player so he really i said we i think we like unleashed some dormant beast in him we certainly did he really got into that yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, anyway moving on uh, there was also a really cool article on, well, I found more, it wasn't a new article, but I was interested in nicotine as a performance enhancer. So uh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you've never been a smoker, right? I know I did. I smoked a bit. Oh, you did. Okay. So, and I, I was too. Um, and I don't, I do remember like the sort of nicotine effects, but nicotine itself in a patch form or even in a lozenge, not in, not in like a dip or something, but like nicotine gum, nicotine lozenge, and a nicotine patch is not addictive. In fact, you know, most people use them to quit smoking. Um, it's not addictive. And nicotine has been used by the Army. It's been really well studied as a cognitive and physical performance enhancer. 
Oh, yeah? So there have been a few days when I've really wanted to try it. Um, and I haven't tried it yet, and I'm actually going to. Um, even Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof executive, talks about how he uses nicotine sometimes on really high-intensity days just because it really provides that sort of like mental boost uh, in a very clean way. And the delivery system through the patch subcutaneously is actually really good. So maybe we'll try okay. that together, Felix, next time we do a workout. So what are we going to do? Are we going to put on a nicotine patch each? Yep. Wow. And then we'll be like on this, I mean, a big high, right? We'll be working up. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but it really I, I, is supposed I, I to actually make you... nicotine was the, the addictive element in... Um, smoking in tobacco. Right, so that's, that's what a lot of people think. No, it's actually not. It's the, uh, it, I don't remember that, I'm not going to get the chemical name right, but it's like an MAO or something. Uh, and it's, it's a chemical that is in tobacco and that they also add into a lot of cigarettes that is what actually makes it addictive. Which is, honestly, I'm actually surprised, but because the effects of nicotine I would feel like would be addictive, but they've used it successfully for even treating ADD and all sorts of other things. Like it's actually not addictive in itself so um, and again that's sort of evidenced by the fact that people use nicorette gum to to quit so they're getting i guess they're getting all the positives in that way without the negatives and and the armies use this and you know you can use it for you know dealing with lack of sleep and stuff but and of course anything like that anything that and it is a stimulant so anything that is like that you're gonna eventually crash from so it's not the kind of thing you want to use all the time but as with anything it's a nice tool to have i think so I'm, I am going to try it. Uh, I'm going to get. Oh, a, sure. You can get a seven milligram, uh, seven milligram patch. I think is the smallest one. You can cut them in half if you want, and uh, we'll split one next time and see what happens. Would it, would it would it work for people who are smokers already? Do you think? I imagine it would, except that you'd probably need a higher. I think you can get up to like twenty eight milligram patches, which is a lot. Uh, so if someone is you know a regular smoker, they'll just have to coat themselves in nicotine patches. Okay. Well, I don't. Have you ever seen? Thank you for thank you for smoking. I have actually, yeah. Remember when they kidnap him and they put like 20 nicotine patches on him and he passes out? <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> and uh, that's, but they said that he survived. The only reason he survived was because he was such a heavy smoker. So, anyway, I'm not uh, advocating hey. smoking, just cognitive enhancement. Hey. Uh, so, did, uh, why don't we, uh, you want to read a review now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah, we should see this. Okay, so this is um, an Amazon review of Ari's Ari's new book, um, <clears throat> and um, his book is "Less Doing, More Living: Make Everything in Life Easier." So, um, so Jamie Williams on Amazon gave it a five star review. She writes, "Practical tips you can u- put to use right away." Many time and life management books seem to tell us what we already know we should be doing, which is why we buy the books, without really giving practical advice and tools that can be put to use immediately. Ari Mizell has given us a concise reference, chocked full of useful time-saving tools for our online, there's an app for that, world. You will find ideas and advice that can literally transform your work-life efficiency starting today. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, thank you very much, Jamie. And if you if yeah. you hear this on the podcast and you get in touch with us through the website, through our contact form, you will get yourself a free Less Doing t-shirt thanks to our friends at Zazzle. So, uh, Jamie, thank you for where's that. My, where's my Less Doing t-shirt? Aren't, not, aren't you wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're going to pick it up I, I next time one. you're in the lab. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, everyone, you know, the more reviews that you get, that I get, the, the higher up the book gets and the more the image gets out there or the, the message gets out there. So, you know, please take a moment if you've enjoyed the book and leave a review on Amazon. And, of course, reviews on iTunes are also really helpful. So we, hmm. we thank you for that. Um, so there's, there's two more that I want to talk about before we, we get over to the interview. But uh, one was this Slapshot app. So yeah. I, did you see it? <clears throat> Uh, no, I didn't. I did not. Okay, see so it's what you know. Some of these times, sometimes like a, an app or something comes out that's just so brilliantly simple. And so all this does is you open it up, you write a note to yourself on your phone, and you close the app, and it will email it to you twelve hours later. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you know, this is there's like. Maybe you're like feeding the baby and you have like two seconds, you just have to take a note or you're on your bike and well, don't do it on your bike or you're like, you know, you have just two seconds to, to do something um, just and you want to remember it, open the app, write it down and close the app. It couldn't be quicker and then it'll just email you 12 so you hours just, later. So you just write the text. Yeah. 
and I guess with an iPhone or something, you could dictate it. Yes, and it might, you know, do its best at the trans at the transcription. But um, that's great because I mean, I find myself the whole time, you know, wanting to email myself. And I, when I had the Android, I loved having that button that I could just press to email myself. But this seems to be even easier than that. Well, and and what's I can't wait to try that. Well, and you know, a lot of times what I'll do is like I'll use FollowUp.cc and I'll just forward something to 8 p.m. at FollowUp.cc, and that's yeah. pretty quick. But this is this is quicker. Um, so yeah. I, I've actually I've, I think that this is a, a really really nice implementation, and it's it's available right now on uh, Windows that's phones and Apple phone. That's great. Yeah, uh, and then the last link. Well, actually. I guess there's even two more now. So, uh, one is uh, the flu trends on Google. So this is some, this is not something new, but I think that so Google uses search data to predict the flu now, uh, and basically if they find people googling symptoms I in a particular look. area, yeah. And so it's been around for a couple of years, <clears> but <throat> when they've now I guess amassed enough data that it is it is predicting the flu ten days earlier than any other source. Wow! Yeah, so that's pretty amazing. Um, and I think <clears> so, how would you how would you use that to? Well, um, you can actually so you can go to Google Flu Trends and it'll yeah. show you where it's predicting the flu to be, and you can actually break it down by state. And you can leave. Yeah, right. Basically, <laughs> uh, or you know, just start taking. Well, you know, one of the things you can do is that, as I've said many times before, like I don't take anything vitamin wise or supplement wise every day. Yeah. Uh, so you can start sort of like a regimen of taking things like, uh, you know, colostrum or and or uh, oil of oregano or high dose vitamin C or just things to really boost up your immune system and also maybe be a little more vigilant. Yeah, about. I mean, just being just being so aware of it, you know, when you go to the supermarket, other people sneezing, things like that, washing your hands, other people washing their hands, you know, exactly. That's really interesting. That's so really it's fun. kind of amazing. Yeah. But so like people are, you know, I guess, you know, a bunch of people start Googling like chills or headaches or, or stiffness or something. And then they sort of amass <clears> that. It's, it's kind of crazy yeah. uh, what they can do with that data. But wow. And then the last thing is a product that I just found that is really cool, which is uh, the Brewer, which is on Grand Street right now for pre-order. Oh yeah, it's a cold a cold uh, brew coffee maker basically. Okay. And so you know, so Felix recently moved here to Long Island where I live, and in their move, they were staying with my wife and I for a while, uh, and I, I made you some cold brew coffee a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've been using the toddy for a long time, which is it's basically like a bucket with a filter in it and you can make really great cold brew coffee. And one of the benefits of cold brew coffee, especially for the people listening who have Crohn's or colitis, which, you know, is a lot of people in the audience, it's less, it's uh, 72% or something less acidic than regular coffee. So you get much, much smoother, delicious coffee, I think out of cold brewing. It's also a concentrate. So once you get it, you can basically add hot water to it. You can uh, water it down, put ice in it, whatever you want, or you can just mix it into a smoothie if you really want. And it's just this like really rich, delicious coffee taste. And you can use any kind of coffee beans you want. And, you know, I do it with Bulletproof Coffee usually, or uh, the upgraded beans rather. But this brewer, I think it's called, is just this gorgeous like glass suspended thing that's all contained. And it just looks like a really beautiful way to make some cold brew coffee. Cool. Cool. And if it looks that good, then, um, you know... It would look very nice in your kitchen, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna roll over the interview in a second. Uh, basically, this is sort of a special interview. Uh, the interview is with Sam Cook, and Sam came to me as a client a couple months ago, and then I became a client of his. Uh, and Sam is a digital publisher, essentially, and he is responsible for organizing and putting together my new mastermind coaching group, which is going to be launching. I think next week we're going to put this podcast up right away and then it should be launching next week. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, you know, and when you're listening to this interview, it does, I, I, I'll say that, you know, it comes off a little bit like it's just being informative or like it's being more informative about what we've got going on. But the truth is, is that Sam and I came to this through sort of a process of less doing. And I figured this was the best way to explain really what we're going to be offering in the mastermind because I'm really not going to be doing group code. Um, one-on-one coaching anymore. It's going to be this new mastermind group format where you're going to get to interact with other people and just get a whole lot more out of it. So I'm so excited to be launching this and we're going to have links to that in the show notes and links to everything that Sam talks about. And I'm very excited that Felix is my new producer. So 
thank you for asking me to, to join you. Yeah, so let's get, over, to be here. let's get over to the interview. Welcome to the Less Doing Podcast. Today, I'm having a different kind of interview. I'm having a conversation with Sam Cook, who is the founder of Prison Communications. So, Sam, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hey, Ari, great to be here. So the reason this is a special conversation is that Sam originally came to me for less doing help and became a client. And within, I think, a week or so, I became a client of his. And we have been working on some pretty exciting projects together, which we're going to talk about here. But before we even get to that, I, I kind of want to go over a little bit of your story, Sam. And it's very interesting to me how you came from basically a, a pretty extensive military background. Yes. And, yes. and, and I want to talk about that. But it is always interesting to me dealing with someone or or interacting with someone who who interacted in such a rigid, uh, controlled environment for the most part, and sort of how that translates into life afterwards and systems and processes and sort of order. So anyway, tell us how you kind of got to prison communications and you know West Point and the whole deal. Yeah. So Ari, I was um, I just came uh, I I came into digital publishing, which is what I'm uh, uh, doing now is digital publishing. I came there from a very interesting route. Um, I was in the military as a cavalry officer, and my degree was in history. Um, So I have absolutely no reason uh, from an educational standpoint to be in um, digital media, right? I'm not a programmer. I'm not a graphic designer. But um, I got into digital media because when I was in the army, as far back as 2005, when I was in Iraq, um, I produced a film about our regiment uh, in the Battle of Talafar, which is, you know, one of the most famous campaigns in Iraq. And uh, I was just always fascinated with filmmaking and storytelling um, and kind of the marketing, I guess you'd call it, of my regiment and what we did. Um, and when I looked at it, I thought, well, this is just history storytelling in the present. Um, so I, I, I knew in 2008 when I got back from my second tour in Iraq as a troop commander that that was probably the high watermark in my military career. Um, I was in charge of 100 and, uh, well, almost 200 uh, soldiers in combat on an outpost 40 kilometers away from the nearest uh, U.S. base uh, living in the Iraqi town that we were securing in that whole surrounding area, you know, hundreds of square kilometers um, actually, I think it was thousands, but it was a it was a large area, and I realized when I got back from Iraq that that was about as good as it was going to get in my military career. I had no desire to be a general officer, and the next ten years of jobs uh, looking at me, staring me in the face, were staff work. And what does staff work entail? It actually entails uh, processes and systems. And I and I knew from my time as an army officer that I was never that successful when I was dealing with systems and processes. I was very, very successful as an entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurial leader, but I was only successful as a troop commander because I had a first sergeant named Michael Livingston and a executive officer named Matt McKee who basically took care of all of my logistics and money and fuel and all that and freed me up to not have to do it. Right. Um, so I hated that stuff. I hated what you do um, from automa- automation and systems. Cause I just thought it was, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that stuff's beneath them. And, um, but I knew I wanted to get out of the army and start my own business so while I was still in the army, I started a digital marketing company, which then I turned into digital digital publishing company. And I'll tell you, a funny thing happened. I couldn't afford to hire the the caliber of people that I had in the army, <laughs> and and uh, necessity they say is the mother of all invention, right? So, in order to survive as a business owner, um, I had to automate um, all of my systems and processes when it comes to online marketing. Um, so that's really how I got into a position of expertise where I could come to people like you and some of the other uh, clients or authors now that I work with and uh, show them how I can help make their lives a lot easier. Yeah, so it, it's it's funny because I, I try to really emphasize with people the optimize, automate, outsource 
methodology that I've instilled. And, and I say that you can outsource everything you want. You can just tell someone else to do it, but that doesn't make it more efficient. Uh, and it certainly doesn't help you identify weaknesses or problems in the process because you're really just offloading that. It's, it's, the diff- it's basically the same as the difference between deferring and procrastinating. Uh, so and in that, I mean, procrastinating is basically where you're afraid to do it, essentially, or you just don't want to do it. So you push it off, but that's not making it better. So it, it is interesting to see someone sort of go through that process. It's really nice, of course, when you have this whole sort of system at your disposal and you really don't have to worry about a lot of that stuff. But if you had to go ahead and set it up yourself, that would be the problem. So. What also was so cool is when you came to me is that you have these processes in place that are pretty extensive, honestly. And I feel like this is something that happens a lot with people now in business where they do have complex processes and they almost make them, and not that you did this, but they make them more complex because they're trying to integrate all these different systems. And then they lose sight of really what they're actually doing. You know, so what, I mean, Tell everybody kind of like what you actually do, because it was hard for me to even understand that before we sort of started to streamline some of this stuff. Yeah. So um, basically, I guess um, what I do for um, authors, because really my my main client base um, is authors, people who are thought leaders. I made a decision about a year or two ago um, that although I know how to do digital marketing for, you know, a lot of people, um, my ideal is to do um, really find my niche. And what I realized was I'm happiest when I'm working with people that have great ideas uh, that have a positive impact. And, um, you know, I'm incentivized on the upside to help them, you know, get them out there. And that's when you, when you're a publisher, you basically come to an author and you offer to publish their work in exchange for um, a, a uh, percentage of of their sales. And that's what all publishing houses through history have done. But I looked at the publishing industry and what I realized was um, authors right now, all they do is they put out a book. And when an author puts out a book, um, there's a um, there's a, a hunger when you read a good book to say, man, I would just love to sit down with this guy and pick his brain, right? And you know, let's think of like Jim Collins from Good to Great. Um, or, you know, one of these big business authors and actually I've met Jim Collins and, uh, uh, Mark Allen, who's doing his book launch. I'm helping with his book launch coming up the six time Ironman world champion, Jim Collins wrote the forward to his book. And, um, so I'm, I'm working with Mark, um, and people like you, and I, I'm, I'm saying to them, well, once you've done this book, what else can you do? Because people want more from you. They want to, see you talk about it in more detail as awesome as your book is and as efficient as it is some people actually would would love to watch a lot more of that stuff it's right. ca- it's kind of countered less doing but um you know sitting watching 10 hours of videos on less doing but um you know in order to learn your process people really want to dive deep into it it's you don't just learn it in a day it took you years to develop it so what I developed is a digital publishing company that allows an author as a book to create the next level of engagement, which would be video courses. And, um, but even more than video courses, um, like you have a bunch of videos, um, you want to create a video area where people can watch those videos, but then also have interaction with you on some kind of digital medium. Um, and, I've noticed that that's a really successful uh, business model that that my mentor taught me, and he he does that uh, for himself. And then beyond the videos, there's other levels um, of engagement that are much higher uh, that people are looking for and are willing to pay for. Right, of course, and it is. A, I mean, it obviously, is a changing sort of media landscape, and and something that someone told me that does similar stuff that I thought was really interesting is he, he was saying how like you can buy a, a course online, you know, for 20 bucks from him, or you can get an ebook for 10 bucks. You can buy the book for $15. You can read all this stuff for cheap or, or free in a lot of cases. He's like, but some people just want to hear it from me. Yeah. You know, so there is that sort of special interaction that comes from that. Plus I can tell you from personal experience that it's always been interesting for me working with one-on-one clients till recently there where identifying the problems that they were dealing with is what sort of made me better at the craft as it were. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, and look, this is a, this is a classic, you just identified something that's really interesting is authors, um, love to interact with their readers because it, it allows them to know that they've got, um, they've got something right that they're, you know, they're changing lives. Well, I mean, otherwise um, you're, you're just like yelling into a vacuum. Yeah. It, you're like standing at the grand Canyon and yelling and hoping someone hears it. Um, so, so authors really crave that kind of interaction, but the problem with um, interaction with clients uh, or people who've read your book, especially as you get more famous, which you are going to undoubtedly do, is you can't give every one person that attention, right? Um, if everyone who read your book who emailed you, um, you know, once you become a New York Times bestseller and have millions of books out there. Um, in which you're on your way to doing because I'm helping you. But, um, you know, what's well, and really because you have a great message. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't have a message that changes the world, then, you know, no help is going to get you there. But um, I look at authors like you who really want to serve everyone well. And I'm like, well, how can I make your process more efficient so that you can serve more people better? And um, the, the funny story I noticed about you when, when I hired you for private uh, coaching was how accessible you were and how available you were uh, was awesome. Um, but I also looked at that and thought there's got to be a way that, and I know the way that you can make this much more efficient and reach and help more people. Um, and that's kind of why I helped you develop the, uh, the new concept that we're doing. But really what I do on a business level in a nutshell is, is allow a thought leader to automate and systematize their messaging so that they can reach a lot more people and not only reach them in an automated way, but in a personal, um, interactive and meaningful way, but automating all those systems and processes. Right. Of course. And, and so again, this is why this is for everybody, this is why it's been really interesting with us working together is it's been a very symbiotic relationship, I would say, because as you see my process and I see your process through the process of working with each other, it it seems like it's, it's refined itself very quickly. Yeah. Well, that's the funny part. We were on a call last the other night and we're laughing about how, um, I'm like, you're less doing for business and you're looking at my business and saying, well, Sam, here's how I can make you personally more efficient because if you're personally more efficient and as an executive of a publishing company, you can help me better, Ari, and all your other clients. Um, so I have a, a huge blind spot, which I've always had when it comes to my own personal organization, which I think any entrepreneur can identify with. Um, and you being the maestro of uh, personal efficiency and, and productivity and stress relief, um, you know, leading to a more fulfilled life. Um, in your business, ironically, um, although you're like way better than 98% of the authors I've ever dealt with, uh, there's a different level that, that you could reach, which you, you know, need to need to get to, which you just didn't have, uh, the systems and training, uh, that I've gone through to get. Yeah. And, and what I I would hope that some people will take from this, because I, I know that there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who have these great knowledge this great knowledge to offer for whatever they do. And, and, and that's one of the things that I talk about in my seminars about how people can turn, you know, sort of knowledge into an income source and, and stop trading hours for dollars kind of thing. When I started this and started less doing it, I just wanted to get the message out there. I, didn't, I had no idea where this was going to go as a business. And in, in some ways I'm still sort of riding it to see where it's going. And now, you know, to have, this opportunity for us to work together has been really helpful to refine that. But it, there's so many people like that who they have a great message. And I mean, I, I'd like to think mine is, but they have wonderful messages to offer and really this a gift to give, but they really don't know what the format is. So why don't we talk about the mastermind now? Yeah, well, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, and Ari, uh, it, with your permission, I'll give people uh, a little bit of a rundown behind uh, the less doing um, businesses I looked at it because I think if someone is a thought leader or thinking about becoming a thought leader, this would give them uh, some kind of uh, um, framework which they could uh, maybe work on achieving or yeah. or finding someone who like me who could help them achieve it depending on where they are. Yeah, please. So, okay. So, um, <laughs> all right. So the thing I noticed about um, – you know, I read, first of all, I listened to your podcast with Dave Asprey. Um, 
just like any podcast I listen to, if I like the person, I usually go um, look them up online, download any of their free information. Um, and then I get, or actually, I think I bought your ebook straight away because, you know, I I usually like to buy stuff right away to see the product. But when I went to your website, I bought your ebook right away, downloaded it. And then I also started to get a series of emails from you. And for someone to get a series of emails from you right after they give you their email or buy their product is extremely rare. Most authors have a website. Uh, it's very hard when you go to their website to find anywhere to, to give them your email, which a lot of people would gladly give you your email if you would just make it obvious, right? Make it simple and less doing-ish. Right. Um, and um, so I looked at that and, you know, I, so I said, okay, well, this guy's pretty switched on. He knows what he's doing. And then I think I got an email or maybe I saw on your website that you had uh, one-on-one coaching. And I thought, well, I really would like to, you know, forget reading the book. I just want coaching because um, I'm one of those people. And I think that, you know, I think we're probably like the addictive uh, ideal clients that, that, you know, thought leaders run across is, you know, it's like one or two percent of your uh, client base, like spends 90 percent, you know, 80 percent of the money or half the money or something, whatever the 80, 20 right. principle is. Um, it really magnifies itself on, on, uh, your client base. And I'm one of those kind of guys that when I, when I start following something, I, I'm willing to spend money to learn it. Um, so I, I signed up for your coaching, which I think was, uh, $500 a month for, you know, basically daily texting interaction. And I thought to myself, I thought, man, this is really inexpensive. So there's gotta, (laughs) you know, I said, this is cheap. There's gotta be a catch. Like either this guy's a fraud or he's just not going to provide the services he promised. So we start texting and like every day you're, you're hunting me down to say, Hey, what did you do for your, you know, your meal planning? What are you doing for your productivity? And I thought, man, if he does this for every one of his uh, individual coaching clients, his wife's going to kill him. (laughs) Right. And I'm thinking, Okay, so how does this fit in with like the less doing lifestyle and all that for Ari? Because I think you got so passionate about less doing and you wanted to help so many people. But I knew from experience, because I've done a lot of consulting and private coaching, that you're going to reach a limit where if you take on any more clients, your wife will divorce you, right? Um, Which is going to be really frustrating for you because you, you love your wife, you love your kids but you also want to get your message out there and help people beyond just them reading the book. Um, So I thought, well, I knew exactly what the answer was because my mentor, um, who's a digital publisher and I've done this for other clients, I knew exactly what your answer was. And the answer for you is um, different levels of engagement. So you have a Facebook page, but really what people want um, when they really like an author is they want to go to the next level where they, they feel like they start to get to know that author. And this podcast is, is that next level for people. And it's free also, which is great. Um, but beyond this podcast, there, there has to be something more. People want to be able to, um, see how to implement, right? So it's one thing to have knowledge and understand the theory in the background, but then the next level it is, or sorry, it's one thing to have information. That's one level of learning. So there's facts, then there's information, which is, you know, kind of organizing facts. Um, but then there's knowledge, which is actually knowing what to do with that uh, information. And to, to achieve knowledge, and I used to teach uh, at West Point, uh, taught history, you have to actually do. And in order to get people to actually do what you recommend in your book, they need that next level of engagement. So what I did for my other clients who are authors is they all had, well, what, uh, one of them, Bobby McGee, um, he was a running coach and I took Bobby for right from the beginning, uh, where he was making $8,000 a year to, um, $220,000 in six months with a $20,000 ad spend. So really $220,000 after advertising costs is what he made. And all we did for Bobby Uh, and I say all we did because it was a tremendous amount of work, was I had Bobby take everything that he published in books and turn it into a video course. And when we turned it into a video course, 
people who loved his books were able to get that next level of interaction. Cause when you have the audio and the, um, the visual interaction online inside a membership area with the downloadable worksheets below it and the ability to type in chat comments, you basically get, it's like an online classroom. Um, and people we found were willing to pay $300 for this video course. Um, why? Because when they went in there, they knew that if they watched a video and they had a question, they could type in a comment and Bobby would talk to them. Like, right? So they also knew that, um, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a membership site where I pay $79 a month for interaction with uh, an author that I follow. I know that when I go into that thing and watch one of his videos and post a question, within a day, that author will personally answer me. So it's it's brilliant because you get that next level of beyond the book. You get the you feel like you're sitting there talking to the person because they're they're online talking to you on their screen, but then you get to ask them questions just like you would a teacher in class. And you think about university, how much do we pay for one semester of learning? We pay thousands of dollars for that. And you might be sitting in a lecture hall and the, the guy will never even answer your question. It'll be a TA. Um, so if you think about this online learning model that I had this, this running coach did, and I'm, I'm members of these other sites too, um, it's actually very affordable and it's very practical and it's, it's what you pay much more for in university. Um, so that's what we did with him. And then the next thing we did with him beyond that, so some people like that, but some people are like me and they want that one-on-one coaching. But as I said before, if you do one-on-one coaching at the price that you do it and also at the level that you do it, um, uh, you're going to reach a ceiling where you either reach that point of like, okay, more clients or divorce. Um, and you're gonna, you've got that kind of trade-off. Um, so what, what you have to do in this next level is I pay $1,500 a month to be in a mastermind group with about 30 other people. And the way the mastermind works is um, I, I wanted a mentor in my business that taught me how to do digital publishing, what I do. And when I found this guy, I immediately called him up, did an interview. And he basically, he doesn't let anyone into his mastermind. He, he basically interviews and makes sure that they're the right fit. And then he lets you in if you pass the criteria um, to a high level mastermind. And he charges $1,500 a month. And we get on three weekly, uh, every week we have three calls and he runs three different calls because we have 30 people in the group and you can show up on any one of the calls. You get to speak for 10 minutes or actually as long as you need, if you need 15, 20 minutes to solve your problem that week, you get to, but basically what he does is you have access to all of his videos so you can watch those, but then you can you know, email him anytime as part of the mastermind inside the forum or the Facebook group. And then you get to get on the phone with him every week. And what getting on the phone does is he asks you a couple questions. He says, what was a big win that you had last week? What was a success? And we celebrate it like, Hey, that's great. Um, and mind you, 10 other people that you know very well, cause you're on the call with them every week are there listening to you. So right. you get on the call and they say, here's your success. Um, uh, what do you need help with? You know, what problems are you running into? What can I help you with? And then the last thing he asks you is really critical. It is, um, what is the one thing you're going to do next week to make your business better? Right. And it's just like, um, you know, there's actually a book that I read called the one thing, and it talks about the, the myth of multitasking and how you have to do one yep. thing at a time. Right. And and once you do it and you set it up right and you systematize it and you make a checklist, it's forever a part of your business. So um, what he's done for a business coach for me is every week I have one thing that I tell him I'm going to do. And because I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars a month for him, I actually do it. Um, <laughs> right. Because, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, and when you pay too little for something, in my opinion, especially coaching, you don't value the advice. Um, when I've given free consulting to people, I give free advice sometimes to friends or whatever. They almost never follow it. Why? Because it's free. Right. 
And, and it's like, oh, that's cool. That sounds good. But if they would have paid me for it, I bet you they would have implemented it because they valued it based on the fact that they had to pay for it. Um, well, I just want to say, you know, the, thing about, the other thing about the group thing is that in the 60 or so private clients that I've worked with, there's an enormous amount of overlap in the issues that people end up having. And then if there isn't necessarily overlap in the issues, a lot of the solutions that I offer seem to help an array of problems. So sometimes hearing an issue that somebody else is having in a group might make you realize or help crystallize the issue that you are having and help you solve it faster. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My my friend Ryan Spanger, who um, is is a documentary filmmaker that I'm actually working with now on a documentary film, um, he listens to every single call. An hour, he'll be on the phone for three hours every every Tuesday, and he'll listen to everything that that is on that call because he says to me, he's like, you know what? I hear everyone else's problems and their mistakes and their challenges, and I just learn from them and don't make them. <laughs> right. And, and I wish I were that efficient. This is where I need your help in less doing where I could sit there and listen to all three calls because, you know, I'll get on the call sometimes every week. I'm so frazzled by you know doing all my work that I'm like, okay, I need to get on the call. I'll hop on for 20 minutes, you know, at the end, it's a go-to, you know, it's a, it's a group call. You can jump on at any time. I jump on, I wait my turn. I kind of get in there and say my piece. So I get that one-on-one -on -one time with James, which is the bare minimum of the value but the value beyond the interaction with, with James is I get to hear other people talk about what they're doing. And I'll tell you that in my mastermind, I would say that maybe 20 or 30% of my value actually comes from James, my, my mentor. And the other 70% of the value I get from the mastermind is all the other people in the mastermind. Why? Yeah. Because they all pay for it, Right. So they're high caliber people who care. Um, they're all switched on. Some of them actually have much better solutions to my problems than James, my mentor. And he's fine with that. In fact, if I come to him with a problem, I say, you know, look, I need help with an email copywriter. He's like, well, you know, I'm pretty good at it. But the best guy in the world at email copywriting, Andre Chaperone, is in our group. So go talk to him. Like literally the best email copywriter in the world in the online marketing world is in our mastermind group. Um, one of the best sales page writers, um, you know, who works for the best sales page writer in the whole industry is in our mastermind group. The, uh, best filmmaker in the online digital marketing space is in my mastermind group. And I've hired all of these people, the designer. So basically in our mastermind group, I'm able to, you know, the biggest problem in uh, business is finding people you can trust. Um, and because they're in the circle of trust, um, I know without hesitation that if I go to them and ask them for a quote and pay for their services, that it's going to be fair. I'm not going to get ripped off. And there's accountability because if any of them were to mess, you know, screw me over, I mean, what would that do to their reputation inside the group? Right. So, so you think about that from my perspective as a consumer, it's actually more valuable for me. I'm willing to pay more for a mastermind than individual coaching which is amazing. But let's flip it to your side. So you're Ari and you have all these 20, let's say you had 20 private clients and you talk to each one of them once a week for 30 minutes and you have to line up your schedule and their schedule and you might be doing calls three, four, five, five times a week. What if I could put, and this is what I told you, I said, hey, Ari, what if I could put all of your coaching on one day where you know that that's all you do that day and that you're totally blocked out and you've, you've, you've chunked that work into a, a day where you don't accept any appointments, you don't do anything, you know, you have the babysitter lined up and, and that's what, you know, that's what you do that day. Right. Um, and you, you looked at me and you said, that would be amazing. Uh, that would be like less doing for business. Right. Right. <laughs> um, which, which would be good. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's really kind of what, what we decided to do. And we're, we're actually launching that. Um, I think coming up, uh, we're going to send out a few emails to see if people want to get in on that this week. Um, and because you're, uh, you know, in demand um, and because that your mastermind group isn't for everyone. I mean, some people just might not be at the level uh, where they can use you yet based on criteria that you're going to set. Um, you're going to have to interview people to get it, get into the group and see if they're a good fit. 
and also um, make it at a level where, um, you know, the group actually works well for, for everyone. So people pay enough to value it. Um, they understand that everyone else who's in the group is also a high functioning person who, who is at a certain level in their entrepreneurial or life journey where, you know, they have things to add to the group. Um, and then once you do that, you should have an awesome group coaching program, which will be, I think more valuable than what you've been doing to your clients, but also more, um, just more efficient, more valuable for you, more valuable or much more valuable for the clients. Um, and, uh, just create kind of like a, a, a group of Jedi Knights for the less doing movement, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, so I am really excited about this and I think that we're going to get a really good group together. So for the people listening, let this serve as a sort of preview announcement for you that this is going to be starting up very, very shortly. I'm, I'm, I am basically stopping one-on-one coaching for now and we're going to start doing it in this format, which I think we're going to get some amazing results for people. Yeah. And, and all right, you know, if someone's listening to this and, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, price point for this, um, a, a group coaching program, like we said, has to be valuable so that people actually follow your, your work. I mean, it has to, it, it has to be a high price point um, to allow people to make a significant investment where every time there's a group call, they actually get on it. Um, but for the people who aren't there financially, or who aren't there um, just in a developmental stage where they wouldn't get value out of it. Because the last thing you want to do as, a, as an author who really cares about everyone he, he helps is take money from someone when they're not getting the value that, that you ask. So that's why we have the lower membership site where people are going to be able to watch all of your videos, uh, you know, post comments below the videos. And that will be very affordable, I think under $100 a month for people who can just watch anything you've ever done, watch any speech that you've ever given that's been videotaped, we'll get to go in there. And have the messaging component, you know, that, that for the people who are paying $10 a month for premium for pro content right now, I've, I've been consistently delivering, you know, video every two weeks with something that's really kind of high level, but this is going to give you access to dozens and dozens of hours of content as well as some interaction with me. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to take your current membership site, upgrade the value of it by putting every, all of your Udemy courses, your less doing course, your biohacking course. Actually, Ari, why don't you just talk through all the different video courses we're going to put in the one membership site? Yeah. So there's going to be, okay. So there'll be the, the Gmail IFTTT and virtual assistant course, which is really the, like the ultimate sort of down and dirty, how to get your email working, how to get automations going with IFTTT and Zapier and how to get a virtual assistant really running your life. There'll be the biohacking course, which is sort of how to take your biology to the next level, sleeping less, eating better, working out less and getting better results. The main Let's Doing course, which is all a new HD, really, really well shot videos. It was shot right here actually in my gym. And then we also have the Entheos interviews that I did with some unbelievable experts. That was a conference a couple months ago. The Creative Live seminar, which was a two-day live event. I'm going to have videos from that as well. And uh, let me think if there's anything else. I'm not sure other than that, but there's going to be a lot more. Oh, oh, and then, of course, all of the pro content videos, which were those like five to ten minute videos I've, I've done about just interesting techniques that I know apply to people who are already got the fundamentals of less doing down but want to take it to the next level. Yeah, and the other thing we're going to do is every, um, every speech that you do, because one of the reasons we have to do this group coaching program for you is you, you're uh, now in very high demand as a speaker. Um, and when you can go out and give speeches for, I, I think, you know, you're, you're charging, you know, five figures now for speeches at least. Um, and that will go up as your profile gets higher. Um, you know, when you go out and give speeches, uh, we want to get the, those videoed as many as possible and you get the content and put it in the area so people can actually get which, which you're charging a lot of money to deliver. Right, that's true. Actually, the the, the CEG, CEG financial advisors had me speak in San Francisco about a week ago, and and uh, they're going to be sending me that video shortly. So that is exactly where I'm going to be posting that. Yeah, and the other thing is, I think what you're going to do in the lower level membership site um, that that the mastermind people will also have access to all this content is you're going to do a monthly webinar 
Um, cause you'll probably have hundreds of people in that community. And, uh, some of them are still going to want, um, to be able to talk to you on a webinar format where they can ask you a question or actually you want to use Uber conference, but really they just want to be able to talk to you in a video format and, and get, you know, five to 10 minutes of your time to answer that critical question. Because, you know, the library of videos you have is so extensive but really the value of you interacting with people is when someone says, hey, I'm having this specific problem in my life, you can hone in and say, go to this video right here. And that's the one you need. Right. That's so, yeah, we're going to be basically getting a lot more organized and a lot more uh, less doing like. So, yeah. It, it, and really, um, that's why I'm so excited about, um, you know, this program is. This is what me as one of your ideal clients, you know, the guy who's willing to pay as much as you're willing to charge for your services, it's exactly what I want. And um, as the beauty of my job as a publisher now is I actually just find authors that I actually would pay to follow. And then um, I just go ask them if they need help getting their message to, to the next level. And, uh, that, you know, that's what I'm doing with you. That's what I'm doing with Mark Allen, the, the six-time Ironman world champion. Um, you know, I want Mark to introduce me to Jim Collins uh, after that. Uh, Jim Collins is a, you know, very famous author, but you know, those are the kind of people that I think I could help, uh, reach more people in a more meaningful way and also make more money doing it, which, which means everyone benefits. Cause I, I know a lot of people would pay for your time if you just had more of it. You know, I, I don't know if eBay is going to put time up for sale anytime soon. Um, but, uh, I'm looking for it, but it, until then we just have to become more efficient. That's right. So. Well, Sam, thank you for giving me that, that for giving everybody that really good overview. It's, it's, again, it's been really interesting working with you and it's, it's cool for me to sort of, this is like opening the kimono in a way, giving people sort of an insight of how we came to this and how I work with people, how you work with people. So I, but even though this has been an unusual kind of interview for this podcast, I still got to ask you the three questions. Yes. yes. Or not the three questions, but the one question is what are your top three personal tips for being more effective at everything. And you've, again, for people listening, this is someone who's been in Iraq, in the army, in West Point, a successful entrepreneur. The last conversation we had a couple of days ago, he was in the Philippines. A few days before that was in Australia. So what are your top three tips for being more effective? Yeah. So, um, you know, the three, I guess the three things that have made me most, most successful in life, um, is, uh, first of all, um, you know, a willingness to, uh, to learn. Right. And, and when I say learn, I'm an avid reader and I absolutely consume information for, you know, I'm a voracious consumer of information. I listen to podcasts while I'm running and walking. Um, I read, uh, as much as I can and just really becoming a lifelong learner and, and understanding. And I used to teach history at West Point and, as I learned more history in graduate school, I started to get depressed because I realized how little I would ever know about the totality of world history. Um, you know, if, if you think about there's 6 billion people on the planet that all have a personal story that mixes together to create these, you know, national histories, and then you multiply that all the way back through time, it's just absolutely unknowable, all the information in the world out there. And um, to have the humility to understand that you'll never know it all, but to constantly hunger for the process of learning more while understanding that the more you know, the less you know uh, is, a, is a great paradox. That's really, I think, my greatest uh, productivity tip is just never stop researching and learning. You know, Ari, five years from now, you'll probably think 70% of the things you taught right now were wrong. And you'll, you'll refine them and you'll, oh, yeah. you'll get better. You'll get better. Um, so I think that is, you know, understanding the, the infiniteness of knowledge out there and, and how to attack that is one. Uh, the second thing is um, really um, understanding how to, how to fix mistakes. When you learn as much as I do and try as much as I do, um, understanding how to fix things when they go wrong is absolutely critical. I mean, I've, I like to joke that I've made 10 times more mistakes than most people in life, but that's because I try, you know, hundred times more things. And, um, but when I make a mistake, the key thing is going up to someone, uh, who might've been involved in it, you know, fully owning up to it, 
um, understanding uh, how you can learn from it. I, and I'm a big believer that every every mistake is uh, in life, you know, whether it's in your personal life, and it can be big mistakes, it can be small mistakes in business, big mistakes, bankruptcies, whatever. Every one of them is just an opportunity to learn and get better. And I'm not advocating just like screwing up for fun to learn, <laughs> right? Um, but as soon as something bad happens, if you just have the attitude that how can I make this into a positive, it, it must be a positive. Um, but, but that has to be a decision and it has to be something you consciously make happen. It's, it's just not like, oh, well, something bad's going to happen and everything will come together. It's actually a very conscious decision, right? Um, and then, uh, really the third thing I'd say around, uh, around productivity or success is, um, is just networking. Um, my mentor, James Remco, um, uh, who I'm in his mastermind, he, he likes to describe me in the group as a master networker. Um, when I quit the army, started my digital publishing company, I actually made a couple decisions. One is I said, I'm going to have a remote staff because A, I couldn't afford the office space. B, I don't want my team to be limited by time and space. I have a copywriter in Paris. I have a bunch of contractors in Australia. I have a, a web team in the Philippines. I have people all over the U.S. and the world. And I, I actually go and visit all of them on my business travels. I'll like go sit down with them and forge those personal relationships with people because I understand that um, I'm not very good at most things in life compared to everyone else. Um, I'm not a great copywriter compared to the best email copywriters. I'm not a great designer compared to the best designers. And I just like to find and hire the best people, let them do my work for me. And, and the only thing I'm left to do is just synthesize it all and uh, come up with strategy documents and, and visions. And that, you know, that's my, my gift. That's what I'm good at. And uh, I think networking is the, the biggest and most underrated skill in business that a lot of people uh, could, could work on and, and make great impact in their lives through doing. Look, those are, those are three very cool ones. So Sam, thank you very much. And we're going to have a link in the show notes where people can find out more about the mastermind, but where can people find out more about you? Okay. So, um, couple places I'm, uh, uh, my website is prism communications. Um, uh, uh, unfortunately the NSA, uh, commandeered prism is a brand name for one of their spine things. So, um, but, uh, it's P R I S M dash communications.com. And, um, yeah, I have a, a couple examples of my uh, video work on there. Um, what's funny is I spend almost no time on my website, uh, compared to, you know, the, uh, the ones that I do for, my publishing sites, but that's where people can contact me. But also, Ari, um, for people who are interested in your less doing courses, whether it's the mastermind or, or the low end uh, membership area, um, uh, we're also setting up a web or a, a URL called businessresearchgroup.org uh, forward slash less doing. And that's going to be where people could just enter in their email and get more information about these programs. But uh, those are the two. Um, those are the two places where uh, people can find me. Right. Awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much. And uh, you guys will be hearing more from Sam and me in the mastermind coming up. So, yeah, I look forward to launching it, Ari. I, I can't wait to see you uh, impact more people's lives because it, it's, uh, you know, you got a great message to share. And, uh, you know, people out there want more of you. We just got to figure out how to package it right. So, Let's get to it. All right.